Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Just a warning that this next segment that we're going to touch on deals with mental health, depression, and suicide. So it might not be for everyone. And if it is something that you want to talk to someone about or if you need help, please reach out to a friend or do touch base with one of the helplines. That we will include in the show notes. Yeah, we'll include them in the show notes. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> we are back again, and we are in the ACAST studios because they kindly let us come in a day early. I know, the angels. Yeah. We brought John a uh, cookie, and he's handing it out to we everyone. We can see him handing it out to the rest of the office, which is so <laughs> generous and not what we would do. No. I would be, like, anxious that other people wanted it. No, totally. I'd scoff it in, like, a secret corner. Um, our old office would always get sent cakes and treats, and I would just hide them. Sometimes it would be the cake the size of this table, and I'd be, like, anxious I wasn't going to get enough and get stressed. Yeah, so me stupid. too. I'm so greedy. Such a greedy little girl. Um, we are rather tired, but it's just going to get more intense because we went to the Tommy Hilfiger show on Sunday night, which was so fun. Amazing. And it was at the Tate Modern. I thought we were going to see more art. I'm not yeah. going to lie. But we saw art in the form of Naomi Campbell opening yes, the show. We did. And I um, went backstage beforehand and interviewed Tommy Hilfiger. And I thought I was going to be interviewing Lewis Hamilton. And I didn't know who he was at all beforehand. And he's obviously a Formula One race car driver, which I vaguely knew. He had something to do with cars. Mm. And I didn't know who he was. And then when I looked him up, I was like, Lewis Hamilton is Ooh, Louis Hamilton. the best. He is a vegan. He loves animals like me. 
He cares about the environment. He's always using his platform of 14.1 million fans to raise awareness and make everyone be more sustainable. And I just love him. I what a stand. missed opportunity to meet and and kick off a friendship. I know. Or marriage. <laughs> I know. Lewis Hamilton. I think he's really short. Okay. But then he looked super not short in some of the photos, which makes me think. I don't know. I, don't I could know Google either. it. But. I don't know if there's like a height specification for racing a car. Yeah. How I does thought it work? There is for marriage to Isabel though. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, on that front, I need to recommend my new favourite show of all time in the history of the world, which I discovered last night. It's called... I can't remember what it's called. It's called Love is Blind and it's on Netflix and it's hosted by Nick Lachey. I called Grace drunk last night at 11 p.m. to talk shit Mm -hmm. and she said, you've just interrupted my new favourite program and was so angry at me. I can't believe how much I love it. I think it's the best show I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. So Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa, are just back from the reality TV dead. You know who who Nick Lachey is? Jessica Simpson's husband, who she did the reality show with what's his last name Lachey L-A-C-H-E-Y I know it's amazing I know who he is and yeah his new wife and the whole premise is that you get like 30 people and you're cordoned off in these pod rooms and you can't see each other and you fall in love without seeing what the other person looks like and then to get out of the house someone has to propose and you have to say yes and then you go to a luxury villa in Mexico for two weeks it's wild you go to a luxury villa in Mexico for two weeks and then you have to get married 30 days afterwards so it's kind of like married at first sight. It's like married at first sight, and but way first better. Dates. Yeah, because it's but without seeing someone, without seeing someone, it's just dining in the married dark, at married sight. at first sight, and first dates all combined. Like the perfect Frankenstein child of mm-hmm. those three things. It's so good. So the first episode, Lauren and Cameron fall in love, and it's actually so cute when he proposes. They've met <laughs> once, and then the second time, Lauren goes, "Cameron, I love you," and he goes. I love you too. Oh my <laughs> he God. the next day. It's so cute. And they're, I mean, everyone's a hottie. Right. So it's kind of redundant. Redundant. I mean, I'm not looking to date at all at the moment, but we were having this conversation the other day about how I don't want to go on dating apps at all, ever, because literally a dating app, even Hinge, which someone showed me the other day, has a full profile. Of uh, that, you have to answer questions, so it's a bit more about you, and it's this long kind of website, basically, Very for each person, so that you have to have like six different photos and then answer all this, answer these questions, or you can't set up a profile, so at least you can see some of people's personality. But it's still just swiping on looks, and it's I'm like, how on earth would you find out if someone's funny, really, through? A photo of them yeah or even compatible to you so i just don't know how it works you must have to go on so many dates you need to go on love is blind and then you'll find yourself i want to go on love is blind i want you to go on love is blind and it's so good because there's this fuck boy called barrett literally <laughs> and there's this girl called jessica <laughs> and she met this really cute guy who's a christian like her and he just loves her and they got on so well and she was falling in love with him and then fuck boy barrett was like jessica sounds like the hottest so he's just tuning her but he's talking to all these other girls and she she said no to mark who loved her to go out with barrett and i, oh, I can tell no. that they're gonna be the ones who get married and he's gross and i'm like jessica i'm just banging my head against the wall that's what I was saying to you about Love Island is um, when I started watching it, I sort of thought that it was 
all these young hot people who just wanted to boss each other. Mm. But then I think maybe we've already talked about this on the show. But then basically like a new hot model will come in and the guys will turn their heads for one second and be like, whoa, she's hot. And then just go back to their girls that they know and love because they've got so much more personality and it's so fun. It's surprisingly wholesome. It's so wholesome. Yeah, it's really nice. We watched it on Friday night after um, we went out for dinner on Thursday night and then we were supposed to go to fashion shows Friday night and I convinced Grace to um, stay at my house and have Indian. Mm. And we watched Love Island and it was so wholesome. They literally are just all mates who want to – like support and love each other. One guy set up this crazy eight-step Disney princess show to ask one of the girls to be his girlfriend. I was like, this is insane. And then, But then got everyone to help and everyone was just so excited. And then when she said yes, everyone's jumping around, clapping. It's so so much more wholesome than any other show of that nature. But I had in my head that it was the complete opposite. Same. It's so cute. Interesting. Whereas Bachelor and Paradise is is quite gross. Disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it works, but everyone should watch Love. And Squad. then I um <laughs> watched Love Island. I was like crying when this guy and the girl, because they're my favourites, asked when the guy asked the girl to be his girlfriend, and Grace goes, "Oh." is this what you would want for a proposal? Because I didn't think so. And I was like, absolutely not. My brain not. was going off and I was like, oh, God, Izzy's getting really into this. Maybe she secretly wants a kind of – Disney proposal. Play with 20 characters and a treasure hunt through the world. But oh, you quash that. That's not what's happening. <laughs> Glad we sorted that out. Glad sorted <laughs> I'm going to get out. engaged pretty soon. How crazy is it, just to go back to Love is Blind very briefly, that a fuckboy can still – cast a spell over someone without them seeing him. Oh, the charm. Isn't that wild? Mm. I was like, that's so interesting because you always think it's because they're good looking. But this guy just talks with such confidence. He says to her one night, I want to propose to you. I'm going to propose to you in the next couple of days. And then she goes back in and she's like, do you feel the same as you did yesterday? Mm. And he goes, I don't think so. (laughs) And she's like, what the fuck? And then starts crying. And then she's back in the booth with him the next day. It's crazy. I'm not calling Harry Styles a fuckboy, but... For example, with Harry Styles, I'd seen that he was good looking and I didn't care. And then mm-hmm. when he talks and the charm, that's the on, that's when I was like, oh, wow, I get it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. like, like, a guy can be good looking mm-hmm. and not have this it factor. Yes. That they have. Supreme confidence. So I've got in my head, I'm, by the time this episode comes out, I would have seen Harry Styles in the flesh for the first time. Yeah. So we're going to Milan Fashion Week tomorrow. By the time this comes out, we would have been there a couple of days. Oh, why do we? Oh, no, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and by the time this comes out, we would have been there a couple of days. And I have just got in my little brain, my little pea brain, that Harry Styles <laughs> is going to be there. I think you might be. Well, ASAP Rocky was at Gucci last time. Yeah. And Harry's all around. He's we'll certainly wearing... be keeping a keen eye out. If he's there, is he will sniff him out like a truffle pig. <laughs> I'm like, we must arrive at the show three hours before the scheduled time. I'll be those girls that are lining up outside. There were people You'll be fully standing lining. in the pack outside. Yeah. Like, you can come in. There were people fully lining the streets before Tommy Hilfiger. I was like, what's happening here? I have a recommendation this week, which is that I have discovered Sinead Burke's amazing podcast. Well, I was aware of it, but I hadn't listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's someone that me and Izzy both very much admire. She's an editor for British Vogue and an advocate for people with disabilities. She's a little person and she's had this amazing impact on the fashion world, went to the Met Gala, has kind of promoted inclusivity in fashion. 
I don't mean to blow my own horn, but she did work beside me the other day. Yes, she's a founding member of the wing, mm-hmm. so we co-share a space with her, but are too scared to go say hello. Yep. <laughs> Um, I got off and went to the bathroom one extra time because I just had to text Grace. Yeah, and we were freaking out. Yeah. But so her podcast, she interviews lots of amazing people. She speaks to like Linda Jackson and Adwoa Boa. And my favorite one was with Florence Welsh, surprisingly. But Florence Welsh is a bloody legend. She's a legend. She's got this crazy, powerful voice and is so OTT on stage and then in person she's really sensitive and shy and quiet and Mm. soft-spoken and lovely and I know that we talked in the podcast before about uh, her Vogue piece yeah coming out about having uh, disordered eating and drug addiction and alcohol addiction and how in her 30s she's kind of got through a lot of those issues and just the way she talked about it in the podcast was so lovely because she she basically says something along the lines of I wasn't born with this kind of Teflon skin that other people seem to have where they can deal with life. Like she was like, I just find everything about life too much. I feel everything so deeply and I find it so difficult to get through social situations. But that becomes my like superpower when I walk onto the stage because it's why everyone can relate relates to me. And she said, when I walk on stage, I feel like there's this kind of other version of myself that I step into and then I can't even remember it when I come off. She's like, sometimes I can't even remember the set. I, just I feel like sometimes we're a bit like that. Yes, when we walk into the ACAST studio. <laughs> no, no, but <laughs> I feel that people are always really shocked to find that I am so anxious and I get really nervous and I can't speak in big groups of people. I can't even stand up. At Marie Claire, it would be a room filled with women who are my friends and I couldn't stand up and speak. And I know public speaking is a different thing, mm. but... I think me and you put on a good performance when we're out and about and that's why we need our time when we're home alone. Yes, 100%. And she talks as well, which I found so interesting, about um, negative self-obsession and about how she had so much self-hatred and how she describes being an alcoholic, like bathing in your own self-hatred because you're just using Mm. drugs and alcohol to basically fuel it. And how um, she spent so much time thinking negatively about herself that she was still kind of narcissistic. But because to spend that yeah, much time thinking the, about yourself yeah. is narcissistic, but it was all negative. But it's still obsessing over yourself all the time. And I was like, I feel like I kind of do that. Yeah, me too. It's not that you're sitting there thinking, I'm amazing. I'm beautiful. I'm great. I'm this. But you're still obsessing over yourself all the time, but just thinking about things you're doing wrong or could be doing better. Yeah. I do it all the time where I think that people... I think that people are thinking negative things about me mm. when people just aren't thinking about me. Yeah, how much do you s- time think- do you spend thinking about anyone else yeah. really? I'm like, n- n- hardly any. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I think that everyone has this fully formed, really in-depth version of me that they just don't like. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I'm like, no one cares. That's what I mean. It's narcissistic to think people care about you that much. Uh, so, yes, love that podcast. Also would highly recommend the Jamila. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Jamil episode. She's such a legend. She's a legend. I didn't realise, actually, I knew so much about her advocacy work, but I didn't realise that she's had this, like, run of terrible, terrible luck with her health. Mm. I didn't realise she'd been hit by a car as a teenager and was in a wheelchair for a year and a half, and now she has, like, a chronic invisible illness health condition, which means that she's constantly in chronic pain. and Sexually assaulted multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, it's... It's hectic and she's actually been, because that episode came out a while ago, I've listened to it as well, mm. um, and because Jamila Jamil is such an, she's known for her activism, even though she's an actress and she was a British TV presenter before she became an actress on The Good Place. She's known so much for her activism and for speaking out about helping others. And then recently, so she got cast on a um, voguing show called Legendary and it's about... Um, so voguing like originated out of drag competitions held in New York's LGBTQ community years ago, back in the 70s. And so basically when she was announced as hosting this, there was a lot of backlash. And I mean, I understand where people are coming from because basically they're saying that her taking that spot is taking it away from someone in the LGBTQ community or voguing community mm-hmm. who could have that platform and mm-hmm. she could have another hosting job and then off the back of that she came out and said that she has never publicly come out as queer before but that she is Mm. and then there was a lot of backlash over that because it was probably not the best timing to come out as queer Mm -hmm. because it seems like reactionary yeah Yeah. it seems reactionary but also that would be so fucking annoying if you were queer and you just hadn't talked about it and then everyone's saying you don't deserve to do something I don't know I just think that people just assume they know everything about someone yeah, Especially exactly. with her. And I think what she said as well, which is really true and it's a difficult thing to navigate, but she was like shows like this don't get picked up, like we talked about with the Oscars, they don't get picked mm. up, they don't get funded, they don't get put on networks, they don't get put on primetime unless a big household name is attached to them. So for her, she's like, I'm trying to use my platform and following and fame to promote a marginalised community that I'm passionate about promoting. Mm. For me to say no to it, I don't think that they would necessarily go and pick the right person to do it. They would just pick someone else. So I'd rather it be me because I know that I have good intentions in promoting this community and I know that there's a lot of other representation in the show. So I think that that's kind of the difficult Yeah, part of it. I also – so then basically she said that and then there was even more criticism of her on Twitter. She was trending in the UK the whole day. She took a few days offline because people were – bullying her so much and then a woman on Twitter basically came out and said that she and accused her of having Munchausen yeah I know that was insane because she thinks that all of these things that have happened to Jamila Jamil can't have possibly happened to one person which is just imagine that so... many things happening to you and then people say well that can't have happened because that's too many bad things you'd be like I know it is <laughs> but do you know but what I mean like, we, we were sitting at home on Friday night and I was talking to Grace and we know each other really well but we just don't really talk about I don't know <laughs> in-depth childhood things all the time. 
And I was talking about my life, which we've touched on a few times, and, and I was rattling things off. And Grace was like, that sounds crazy that yeah. all of that has happened to you. And it just has. <laughs> and I, I like, know it's weird. I feel like you were almost saying, I don't hide this stuff. Like, I'm not ashamed of it. I don't not tell people. But a lot of people don't know because it's almost like to talk about all of these things just sounds wild. Yeah. 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 Um, and also, like, there's a lot of stuff that I, I even said to you. I was like, I don't want to keep these things a secret. And I think that even if I talked about them more, it would, especially, like, off the back of the heartbreak episode, it would resonate with a lot of people. But then you can't just talk about things. You can't just talk about things without consulting a huge group of people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just talk about my family. Yeah, exactly. On a podcast. Yeah. Um, but... Exactly, like Jamila Jamil has said all of these things have happened and then someone saying that can't possibly be true because this person hasn't had those things happen. Yeah, exactly. Even it's like she's, she was in two car crashes. They know that I didn't break my back and was in a wheelchair for a year, but I've been in two car crashes. Both of the cars have flipped and I've got a huge scar on my forehead and a huge chunk out of my head. And yes. like people don't know about that because it just <laughs> happened when I was 19 and 17. God. You know, like, it's just, of course these things happen. Yeah. And, and then James Blake, who is... Jamila Jamil's boyfriend of five years. Also, for lack of a better word, legend. I was going to say love those two. <laughs> I fucking, I love James Blake. If yeah. you guys go to YouTube and type Glastonbury James Blake, you'll see me in the front row six years ago. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Wearing a Coca-Cola t-shirt. Okay. And a big hat. Yeah. I've is this I, before Sowie? This is the same time as Sowie. Yeah. Have we told Sowie? I think we did in our drunken year in oh, review, yeah, decade yeah. in review yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. Where I, um, yeah, I face planted in the mud and fell asleep outside my tent in Glastonbury. So James Blake was on the Sunday and okay. Solwe was Friday. So I had a bit of time in Post between. Post So then James Blake had to come out and say, it's just so disgusting to see the woman I love just dogpiled on every single day for the most ridiculous things. Where does this ring a bell from, Prince Harry? Why is it like all these guys just having to come out and defend their fucking girlfriends from... Their amazing girlfriends. Amazing girlfriends who from just horrible, horrible media pylons. Yeah. He, and he Zach, said... if we get one bad review. I know. <laughs> Coral. <laughs> Ours is our mums. Yes. Um, yeah, and I this, this really resonated with me when he goes, her being attractive, tall and successful doesn't mean she hasn't been <laughs> this sick. This really resonated with me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Not resonated with me, but this this really resonated with me. Her being beautiful, stunning, tall, <laughs> oh talented, God. and amazing does not mean she can't have been in two car crashes. You're like, exactly. Yes, <laughs> me. Um, and then he's, you don't know what her life has been, you don't know what her life is and has been like, but I do, and I'm not going to stand by and let some total strangers push my girlfriend over the edge. This is the thing, and we're going to get to Caroline Flack shortly, but I do not understand across... This just happens constantly where you have people like Jamila Jamil, people like Megan Markle, people like Caroline Flack who publicly put on their Instagram, I have mental health issues. I am struggling. I cannot deal with like certain things. Things affect me more so maybe than they would affect somebody else. Please be kind to me. You have people literally asking their audiences to be kind to them because their mental health is at stake and people still fucking pile on. Yeah, so earlier... This week, news broke that the British TV personality, Carolyn Flack, had died by suicide at age 40 uh, in her East London home, which is, it just feels weird being in East London mm. and knowing that someone, it, it, I just felt so sad when this happened. It was on Saturday night. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, her death came amidst 
an upcoming legal trial of the alleged assault of her boyfriend, Lewis Burton, a case which has become a huge tabloid story in the UK and has resulted in a barrage of online abuse, Mm. as we were just talking about. And Carolyn Flack is best known over here in the UK for being the host of Love Island until this season, and she stepped down because of the trial. Yes. So it's kind of the latest in a string of, like we talked about, but basically young women especially in the UK kind of being pushed to the edge by this tabloid culture people have talked about Amy Winehouse and obviously Princess Diana what happened to Meghan Markle it's and now Jamila Jamil as well it's this horrible practice that they have over here where they just dogged they just doggedly pursue people and mm. write the nastiest things about them and then for example the sun which was one of the worst uh, people to be covering the Caroline Flack case did this huge spread saying how awful it was she died and how sad it was. And it just made me feel sick that they're probably getting newspaper sales now off the back of their coverage of a death when they just relentlessly pursued her while she was still alive. Yeah. um, Matt Haig, who is an author and wrote a book called Reasons to Stay Alive um, off the back of his depression, he put up a a post just being like, how about instead of... So literally news outlets are going back and deleting bad articles that they've written about her. Oh, my goodness. And he was like, how about instead of going back and deleting those articles, don't write shit about people in the first place, when especially when they've come out and said that they are suffering from mental health conditions. So the son in their piece basically blamed the Crown Prosecution Service, which is like the legal body in the UK, for pursuing the charges against Caroline Flack. And to just give a bit of context on that story, uh, in December, police were called to her home, which she shared with her boyfriend at the time, Lewis Burton, over a domestic incident. um, And she was charged with assaulting him and had to go to trial. At the trial, he said that he considered himself a witness to to the crime and not a victim. And the idea of that basically being that she had self-harmed during the incident as well. So no one was under any misconceptions about how fragile her state of mind was. And I don't understand. In Australia, there is so much protection for people going into court. We talked about the George Pell case where no one even knew that that had happened until months afterwards. And the fact that she can be hounded by a pack of paparazzi walking into the court, that paparazzi are allowed to sit in the court and document every single moment of her reactions to everything, how she burst into tears when she was told she couldn't see him for two months, how he burst into tears when he was told and said he didn't want the charges pressed. And this is now he hasn't been able to see her. Yeah, because of how the legal system works, he wasn't allowed to see her until the trial, even though they were still together. And I think that... So he... And he put up a post saying... This is the, like, I couldn't be there this time. It's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. And it's also, I just think that there needs to be legal reform in the way that they can cover these things in the UK. It's just crazy to me. One of Carolyn Flack's friends, uh, actress Stephanie Davis, is now leading a campaign called Carolyn's Law to call for new laws on media intrusion into celebrities' lives off the back of this. And it's already had over 400,000 signatures. Yeah, I think that's a really amazing thing. I read something that said an op-ed that basically said if it wasn't going to change after Princess Diana, it's never going to change. But I don't think that's necessarily true because I think now people are galvanised on social media. Well, yes, that social media didn't exist back then. We can't just think that the world's going to stay the same as it was in the 90s. Yes. I think it's interesting to look at where you lay the blame in terms of media outlets versus online commentators and trolls because Mm. I think it seems like this was a case of both. Both. 
I think that you can definitely argue that media outlets flare up the passions of trolls and are the reasons that they go after them. Well, also that's where they that's where these trolls are probably finding their information. Yeah, exactly. Because you want you wouldn't know half the stuff. You wouldn't know half the stuff to be angered about the stuff if people weren't reporting on it. Yes, and also the way that it's framed makes you think it's okay to just like batter people while mm. they're down because you're like, oh, well, if massive media outlets, which are kind of moral arbiters in the way that we understand society, if they're doing it, then it's fine if I do it too. So I think a huge amount of responsibility lies with the press. I listened to a great podcast today. It's called The Last Word with Matt Cooper. It's an Irish current affairs podcast. <laughs> I don't know how I discovered it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the host is called Matt Cooper and he basically interviewed a whole bunch of people about the Caroline Flack case. So they had a interview with a horrible tabloid reporter who basically said something along the lines of, you know, Caroline Flack loved the media attention when it suited her and benefited off it and then couldn't deal when things turned kind of thing. Um, and then they had some great other That's people. what everyone was saying, even with Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. They were like, oh, she loves the spotlight when, she, when it suits her, a.k.a. when she can do charitable causes, but then doesn't like the neg- negativity. And it's like, that just doesn't even make any sense. And you're not signing up for that. People say, oh, this is what you're signing up for. It's like you're signing up for being a person in the public eye. You're signing up for being a TV host. You're not signing up for a pack of middle-aged men with cameras being outside your home every minute of every day. You're not signing up for someone doggedly following you to court during the worst day of your life and putting and, headlines And out, yelling like, out questions and screaming things. Karen Knightley said they used to scream at her and call her a slut just until she'd burst into tears just to get photos of her crying. It's just insane that people think that you somehow sign up to that when you agree to take on a hosting job at MTV or something, mm. as if you somehow have some oracle lens of everything that's possibly going to happen for the rest of your life and that you're saying, well, whatever it is, you can just beat me over it until I am suicidally depressed because that's what I've signed up for if I wanted to be slightly famous. And it's I think, disgusting. I think something that's just such a huge point for me with this is like with Carolyn Flack's death, now everyone's saying, you know, this is such a tragedy this is like, how didn't we see this coming? Wow, this is so sad. This is so horrible. And it's like, she said for fucking ages mm-hmm. that she was feeling horrible. She's asked for help multiple times. Meghan Markle literally stood in front of a camera and said, I'm not okay. And they moved to Canada to get away. And people are still piling on her. So what's it going to take for her to die? Yeah, like even Jamila Jamil yeah. right now, like her boyfriend is not speaking out lightly. He's not coming out just to stick up for her because she feels like a little bit sad. He's coming out to be like, you're tearing her down. He literally said to try and push my girlfriend over the edge. Yeah. Like over the edge. Are you guys, like, is, are people fucking serious? People just don't take these things seriously. So Caroline Flack wrote in October of last year um, a post during Mental Health Week. And she said, the last few weeks I've been in a really weird place. I find it hard to talk about it. I guess it's anxiety and pressure of life. And when I actually reached out to someone, they said I was draining. I feel like this is why people keep their emotions to themselves. I certainly hate talking about my feelings and being a burden is my biggest fear. I'm lucky to be able to pick myself up when things feel shit. But what happens if someone can't? Be nice to people. You never know what's going on, ever. So that's in October last year before the incident happened. Mm. So that's not even her saying it after the incident. It's her saying it before. And yet... On that public platform, people still felt like it was fine to just completely slate her Mm. for months. And this is another thing that really resonated with me because as we talked, touched on in the heartbreak episode, I've obviously been going through a rough few months. But 
I don't think we talked really in detail about how bad my mental state was or has mm-hmm. been and still kind of is. Um, and it's that what she says there really resonated with me because I don't want to be a burden and I didn't want to tell people what was going on. But I, I reached out to like eight different people probably and literally said to them, I feel so bad. Mm. I've never felt like this in my life. My Everything is like feels very manic. I am having suicidal thoughts. Mm. I would be on a bus and I would literally be on a bus and this thought would be going in my head going, just kill yourself. And it just kept coming into my head and kept coming into my head. And I sat down with people and I told them that. Mm. And I'm not joking. Some of them I still haven't heard from in the past two months. It's crazy. And one person said to me, I thought you were okay because you posted on Instagram. That's wild. Which was posting my work. I think as well people think that when you reach out and ask for help that you're expecting some superhuman like thing of them like they're going to be a psychologist who coaches you through all your issues you're literally just asking for a friend to be there I remember going through a period of really bad depression a few years ago and a really good girlfriend of mine Tilly um kind kind could kind of resonate with a lot of the things that I was going through and I just remember one day I was like hey I'm feeling really down and she just dropped everything came and met me straight after work and we just sat and had a coffee and just talked for like four hours and it doesn't solve everything but just knowing that someone is there and cares about you Mm. has such a massive massive impact and I just think how down I felt where I've had just an absence of love or support makes you feel terrible imagine if you felt that bad and you had hundreds of people telling you that you're useless or terrible or bad like piling hate on you like on top of how bad you just feel blanket Mm. it's crazy yeah yeah my friend the other day messaged me and she said are you working from home and I was like no I'm at the wing why is that and she was like oh no worries I'm just going home now I'm just feeling quite sad and she's going through a bit of a rough time at the moment and I was like oh why don't you come here it's cool to cry at the wing (laughs) I'm always crying at the wing and she was like no 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 I can't I can't pull myself together so I'm going home and I just grabbed my shit Grace was in the bathroom or something I messaged Grace and was like I'm gonna be back later at Savo trained to her house and we sat on the couch and she cried and then we ordered Vietnamese and we talked for two hours and then I went back to work. Yeah. And that's that people aren't asking for – I just hope that all of these people who are coming out now with Carolyn Flack saying all of her friends who are posting tributes and even all of these people publicly who are saying how much they loved her, I hope that they were there when she needed her because I found that even when I asked for help, very few people – reached out which is even more isolating yeah you're just like wow like I literally was like I've now told people how bad this is mm. and no one apart from you really would do much would do anything no one even cared or it felt like no one cared yeah I think as well people need to remember that people especially women like we've said and like Caroline Flack wrote in her post, don't like to burden people. We don't like to feel like we're putting people out or being overbearing or or making people have to go the extra mile for us. So if you get to a point where you're speaking out, things have already been bad for quite a while. Yeah. Like most people decide not to speak out because they prefer not to. So if you're asking for help, it's because things are really at a point where you need help. Most people don't ask for help, Mm. you know, and a lot of people never get to the point where they feel like they can ask for help. So if people do, it really needs to be taken more seriously. And I think that because what we're realizing more and more now is that mental health issues are ubiquitous. Like so many people in society have them. And I think because they're so common, sometimes people are like, 
oh, okay, but everyone goes through a tough day or something. Mm. And we're finally trying to, like, finally understanding that it's more than that. It's more than being down. It's more than being sad. It's more than having a crap day and needing to go to bed early and wake up and feel better. It's an ongoing feeling of depression. I feel like we prioritise mental health more now, but people still don't really get it. Another Matt Haig post, he wrote, suicide is normally death caused by depression. The final symptom... A collapse under unbearable weight, exasperated by circumstance. Suicide is a tragedy. If you've never been close to that edge, try not to judge what you can't understand. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm. When I was talking to my psychologist about it, she said that your brain is always trying to... God, my voice keeps cracking (laughs) again. (laughs) She's always crying. Um, She said that what happens is your brain is trying to find a (laughs) Mm. your brain is trying to find um solution solution yeah and that's the solution it's coming to because you feel so bad that your brain is like this is a way to not feel that anymore yeah and someone got to that point on saturday night in east london it's just so sad it's so sad i think as well so i went to a psychologist about seven years ago when I'd been through a pretty bad period of depression and I told her that I'd been having suicidal thoughts and she basically said, oh, that's pretty normal. Like your brain will go to that place sometimes, but it's fine. And she literally said, if you're on a balcony and you think you're going to jump off, call Lifeline. (laughs) What the fuck? I was like, okay. And then I just left and didn't get help for another three or four years Mm. because I thought, oh, okay, this is just a normal way to be. And it just left this like festering dark part of my mind for so long because it wasn't being treated and then when I finally saw a psychologist who said you know what it's more common than you think she was like I think that's what she was trying to say but said terribly it's more common than you think our brains do go to that dark place when we're going through really hard periods because they are looking for solutions and that is a solution and if you have an anxious brain it will jump on the worst case scenario and then you find yourself in a loop thinking about it she said that's not as uncommon as you think, but it's not so common that you just have to live with it. She said, you you deserve to go get help. You deserve people to acknowledge it and help you through it. Yeah. And I think that the way that we approach mental health from a like GP doctor's way has a huge impact as well. Because yes, Caroline Flack is a celebrity. Yes, she had a huge pressure that most people don't have. But at the end of the day, this is also just a question about how do we effectively deal with people with mental health issues to make sure that they don't feel like they have no can other get option. to that point and have no other options? It's something that we wanted to touch on as well was uh, looking at the rates of death by suicide in the UK specifically. So in 2019, it was the first time there was a notable increase in death by suicide since 2013. And while they haven't been able to ascertain the exact reasons for that, a huge amount is driven by the fact that there's been an increase in young men who have died by suicide and three quarters of deaths by suicide in the UK are are men. Wow, that's, yeah, that's a crazy statistic. Yeah, it's a really terrible statistic and I think with Caroline Flack it's so tragic and upsetting because she did speak out and did ask for help and was open and emotionally open to getting help and I think that that's probably the exception not the rule when it comes to depression and deaths by suicide and that that's it's overwhelmingly men because they never tell people that Mm. they're struggling and there isn't a culture of being able to talk and lean on their friends and explain how they're feeling and cry and say I'm vulnerable please 
cut me some slack. And I think that that's a very important element of this. Um, yeah, and that's – speaking about what I've just been through recent, recently, obviously I've been going through a tough time, but so has my ex-boyfriend. And it was a, it's a huge change for both of us. And this whole time I've been obviously – worried about myself and trying to work out where I'm going to live and trying to get through this whole thing. But at the same time, I've been really, really overwhelmingly worried about him because women talk to each other. I've had you that I've leaned on so heavily. And I know for a fact that he has so many friends and mates that he's hanging around all the time. And I know that he's talked to a couple about our relationship or whatever, but none in the way that I talk to you, none in the support that I've had from this podcast group. I sent him our episode... I don't want to talk like too deeply about our personal things, but I sent him this, the heartbreak episode obviously before it was published and told him and asked him if he was okay with me talking about it. And he afterwards I was sending him the responses I was getting from these women and he was like, you are so lucky that you have that support network and you're so mm. lucky you have grace. He said mm. that to me so many times and I'm like, it's so sad that men don't have that. Because they have so many people around them, yeah. which is the crazy thing. So it's the illusion of having the support network. But if you sit and watch what a bunch of men talk about together, it's wild. It is crazy. And that's why like, I I really... And, uh, yeah, it's, it's weird. So we've, I've, we've kind of been leaning on each other even because I know that he wouldn't talk to anyone else about how he would feel. Yeah, exactly. And I I've think women in relationships often become like the single emotional beacon of light for men because they just don't have anyone else in their world to talk to about things. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. Um, when it comes out on a lighter note, we will be at Fashion Week. So <laughs> follow on our Instagram stories for some hopefully close-up shots of Harry Styles' butt. Um, <laughs> and we will catch you next week. Yes, and like we said... Uh, if there's anything in this issue that touched anything in this episode that touched on anything for you, please go to our show notes. We'll have loads of resources available for you. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Love you. Love you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.